Welcome to Honey Hush, the podcast for up-and-coming and established leaders alike. Every week, we discuss how to win influence with one simple strategy, kindness. Whether you are a successful entrepreneur or still in the dream phase, Honey Hush is for you. Now, here are your Hive hostesses, three Southern businesswomen who know a thing or two about using honey to attract the bees, Lacey, Michelle, and Elizabeth. Welcome in, friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to Honey Hush today. I hope that you are loving this podcast so far, and we are just so honored to have this space to share our voices and connect with you. We cannot tell you how much all the support you've given us means to us. And, you know, each time you subscribe and leave a review and post screenshots on your Insta stories, it just creates this ripple effect and creates more and more space for others to join us here in the hive. So, would you just take a second to to do those things while you're listening today because it would just mean the world to us and it would allow us to continue to create this content for you, to keep it free for you, and just really to try to use our voice for good. And it would just mean the world to us. So while you're listening, if you would just tap on your phone and do those few quick things, it would be awesome. So I am Lacey Arant, and I'm so excited to get into my story with you today, but I have to admit it's a little strange to sit down and craft my story all the way from the very beginning and try to tell it to you in a way that can help you understand who I am in just 25 minutes. So instead of trying to cover all the details on what really kind of feels like our first date together, uh, I'm just going to try to give you a general outline and timeline of my life, and hopefully you'll walk away today with a bigger understanding of who I am, and just know that we'll continue to get to know each other, and you'll get to know my story better over the course of this podcast. So, of the others in the hive, I am the only one who is not from Starkville, our small town in Mississippi, but I did go to school at our university here, and just went away after college for one year and came back, and I've been here ever since. So that's been several years, and it's definitely home now, and uh, my husband and my baby and I love it here. So let's start at the very beginning of my story, and we'll get right into it. So my parents are from a really small town, actually not far away from here, and they had me at a very young age. I grew up as the first child, the first grandchild, and I grew up in the South as a girl, so you can just imagine how much love I had poured on me, and that is something that I'm super, super, super thankful for. Um, But I did have several divorces in my family. At a very young age, my parents were divorced. And, you know, divorces in my family, both my parents and my grandparents have definitely led to challenges, sure, but also to more opportunities for me to feel loved. And I know that that's probably a unique or maybe even strange perspective of divorce, but um, it's definitely taught taught me and my heart to love in, in ways that otherwise, you know, I wouldn't have known how to when these people come into your life who aren't necessarily your blood, um, you kind of have to figure out how that's going to work. And for me, I I can just look back and see how, you know, how my heart was stretched and challenged, but also how it has grown in a really good way through that. And um, honestly, I I look at that part of my life as as a really big blessing. Um, You know, with divorce comes the whole every other weekend arrangement and lots of back and forth. And as a child, that can be a lot and it can be conflicting and hard to understand at times, but 
I have to say that my family did an incredible job of sharing me and of working with each other. And I can just look back on that with a whole lot of gratitude. You know, growing up, you could say that I was um, half Catholic and half Presbyterian, <laughs> and um, my devout Catholic grandfather, well, he assures me that I will still uh, be allowed into heaven. So, um, but that, all kidding aside, I really love the perspective that that gave me um, spiritually growing up. Um, and all in all, it is important, just I, I do want you listening to know that I was just raised to know that my worth comes from the Lord, and I was taught to seek Him first and to know that his plans for my life are good. Um, We've all experienced challenges, and I certainly have in my life, and I'm super thankful for my family laying a foundation in me to know that um, God's plans are are good. And and so that has definitely been a guiding uh, light in my life for much of my life. So through my childhood, honestly, if you can imagine, you know, like I said, the every other weekend arrangement and going back and forth to from my mom to my dad to my grandparents, um, they all played a huge role in my early childhood. And it was a happy childhood. I remember making biscuits with my grandmother and cooking on the weekends. And she would teach me about her all the flowers in her garden. And I remember my mom, we lived out on a in what was then considered pretty remote, and we lived a very outdoors life, and it was very adventurous. And uh, at that time, obviously, technology was not nearly as you know as big of a deal it is as it is now. And so we spent a ton of time outside and being creative. And uh, so I really do look back on my childhood with a as a really joyous one. I feel super blessed to have the childhood that I did. But then adolescence came, and that's hard for all of us. Uh, but as a girl, it's so hard. And, you know, I started seeing changes in my body and my emotions a lot earlier than my friends did. And that might not be something you're expecting to hear today. But if you are someone who experienced early development in any way, that's really challenging. You know, you just kind of feel like you're no one understands you and you can't relate to anyone or you feel older than you are. Um, I'm really tall, so I know that you can't see me right now, but I'm about 5'10 or 5'11, and I was that tall, like by 6th or 7th grade. And so I was this, for lack of a better term, Amazon woman um, or girl way before I felt like I should be. And that just led to me in my mindset feeling like I was older than those around me or farther ahead than them. And, And it created actually a lot of insecurity. And me. So it led to a really challenging, I would even say third or fourth grade up into high school where I just didn't feel like I knew where I belonged or where I fit in. I had a ton of friends who were older than me, uh, but I also had a ton of friends who I was close to who were my age. But that whole gap and and that trying to figure out where you belong, I think is super common. Um, And it definitely was for me. And it was, it created a lot of challenges, I think, relationally for me as I went into high school. So as I went into high school, uh, I was I played basketball. I loved sports and athletics, and uh, basketball was a huge love of mine. My dad is a women's collegiate basketball coach, and I just had a huge love for the game. I loved growing up around him and around his programs and around all the people from players to staff and his the staffs he were he was a part of and the coaches he worked for. It was such a cool environment full of such passionate people and great leaders. And um, as a as a young girl, I, I loved having those just incredible women to look up to. 
in his industry. Um, but my story in high school playing basketball was quite different. I um, did not have a great experience. And not only that, it really um, it created even more insecurity in me. I had a difficult relationship with um, coaches and um, even, even my teammates sometimes. Um, but I can also look back on that and see how all of that prepared me for things later in life too. So um, that was also something that that definitely shaped my high school years. And so I was at this school from kindergarten to my junior year, and this one same private school with really small classes, and um, it was a, a pretty small community. And at the end of my junior year, I decided that I needed to step away from basketball, and I also needed to step away from the school. And so I went from a class of, I think, 65 probably, to a public school with a class of 519 people for my senior year of high school. And it was kind of like going to college before college. It was a huge transition for me. I was stunned on the very first day of school. I have never been the new girl. I had never been in a room or building that big with that many people in a school setting for sure. And I was terrified. I was like, what have I done? You know, I've left the comfort of my friends since kindergarten and the teachers that I know and the hallways that I know. And here I am, and I don't even know where the bathroom is. And where, who am I going to sit with at lunch? And how soon can this year be over? But what I learned that year is that change is good. And I met some incredible friends that year who I'm still very, very close with even today and was just overall really uh, thankful for that experience and what it taught me. It made me a whole lot less scared to go to college and to start my freshman year, um, which eventually came just a few months later. So from high school, I went to Mississippi State University, um, which is located in the town that the three of us live in currently. And um, it was it was a good experience. You know, I was so excited to get to college. Um, of the three of us, we've really recently uh, been learning about our Enneagrams and, and where we are on the Enneagram, you know, chart or diagram, I guess. And I'm a seven with an eight wing. And if you have not yet looked up the Enneagram, you need to do that super soon because it will help you get to know us quicker. Um, but also it's fascinating to learn this stuff about yourself. So as a seven, um, I just look for joy and fun in anything and everything that I'm doing. And um, so for that reason, I was really excited for college. Um, but I also loved I already from a very young age loved business and entrepreneurship and working. And so there was kind of this like kind of, I guess, competition in my mind for really excited to be in college, but also really ready for real life and what work was going to look like for me. Um, so that was always on my mind. I come from a family of entrepreneurs and, and I've actually don't know that anyone in my life has that I've ever experienced them having like a nine to five job. And so um, I just was really ready to see what was going to come after college for me. And rewinding just a little bit, at the end of my junior year and all of the basketball thing, I had a um, pretty bad weightlifting accident. And um, I didn't know exactly what had happened at the time, but by the time I got to my freshman year in high school, I definitely could pinpoint what had happened and um, had hurt my, injured my back. And so all through my senior year, I wasn't playing basketball. And then my freshman year of college, um, I did not go out and party, but I definitely ate a lot of Taco Bell. Um, Taco Bell, that 
plug for you is free. So we will not be charging for that today. But um, so I wouldn't drink, but I would go in the middle of the night to pick up my friends from the bar and I would definitely take them to Taco Bell and I would eat that with them. So by December of my freshman year, I had gained about 65 or 70 pounds in a two year period. And at this point, I was really overweight and really struggling with just finding joy in my heart. I needed to find joy in what I was doing, but I was miserable. And I just thought, gosh, this is, I don't even recognize myself. I don't feel like myself. What am I doing? And, and how do, more importantly, how the heck do I get out of this place? And and so, uh, once we finally figured out what was wrong with me and what my, you know, what my injury was, I kind of learned what I could and couldn't do. And my mom and uh, she suggests she should suggested that I try Pilates. And Pilates at this point was not a thing in Mississippi. And this was 2008. And um, she said, "I found this studio, and I hear that this is really good for injuries. You should come try it." So over Christmas that year, I went went home and I tried a class. And it was the first way in my life that I had moved in like a physical or, you know, workout exercise way that felt so good and I was not in pain. And I was shocked. I was like, this is actually awesome. Like, I love this. And so I knew that I wanted to learn more about that. And I was also a little sad that it wasn't going to be a part of my life when I went back to college. Um, But I kept that bad in the back of my mind. And I knew that that was something that I wanted to revisit. So I finished uh, the last semester of my freshman year and kind of started to make shifts in in healthier decisions because I was just miserable. So first I tackled eating and I was just trying to learn more about nutrition and how my body responded to the way that I was eating and what changes could I make. I didn't know anything about what was healthy and what wasn't. So I started with portion control and I just started, you know, looking at what I, what I wanted to eat and eating half of it. And it was nothing that was super sophisticated, but it's just the only place that I knew to start. So I started there and I definitely saw changes uh, throughout the, that last semester, um, but not a huge transformation. So the summer after my freshman year, I went and worked at a Christian camp. That was a very big learning lesson and learned a ton just about myself and got great mentorship and was able to also be around other young girls. And I think that's one of the places where I really saw my heart for um, having an impact on younger women or women in general. And just the fact that I think God's given me a gift of um, just inspiring other people and, and seeking out people's strengths. And so that was a place where I really started to kind of see that I love I love that. And I'm super thankful that that has now led me here. But um, moving on later into college, I went through my sophomore year and um, fell in love. And uh, that ended up, you know, being a huge part of my story as well. But Going into the the next summer, I decided I really I could not get that Pilates class out of my mind. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to do this. I can teach myself Pilates, even if there are no studios here. So that was on May 1st and uh, at the end of my sophomore year. And on May 14th, I moved into my apartment at Columbus Circle in New York City. (laughs) And as you get to know me, you will know that I am the first to sign up for a last minute activity. And there I was, I was standing in the street with taxis blowing by and waving goodbye to my mom who had dropped me off. And I'm like, okay, well, 
excuse me, I'm from the South and who do I eat supper with tonight? <laughs> like who is going to sushi with me? And the answer was no one. So I sat at the table that night at the bottom of my building at a sushi restaurant and I cried into my miso soup and thinking, what have I done? I live by myself in New York City and I know no one here and I've got to be a Pilates school at 7 a.m. tomorrow. So um, that ended up being honestly one of the most pivotal points of my life to date. I was stretched and challenged in so many ways moving to the city from tiny Mississippi, USA. And I would never, ever trade that experience for anything. So throughout that summer, I was in school from like seven to five and I learned every Pilates piece of equipment that you can and how to teach on that and came home at the end of the summer in fantastic shape because I walked about seven or eight miles a day to and from school and just developed a really deep strength physically, but also emotionally because you got to learn how to live by yourself and eat dinner by yourself and do everything by yourself. And actually still to this day, I love going to lunch by myself. Sometimes it takes me back to my, my days in the city. So from there, I came home and continued through college. And um, but actually, at the time that I was at the in the worst shape and at my heaviest, uh, this is this really is so true. And I say this all the time, and people, my friends laugh at me. But um, I'm backing up just a tiny bit to tell you this: that the more weight I would gain, the shorter I would cut my hair <laughs> because it was the quickest way to lose weight. So that is one of my weight loss secrets. Um, and so I, at the, at the, at the worst of the worst, I was like 240 pounds with a serious bowl cut and that is not good on anybody. Okay. So at also my major in college that I chosen was broadcast sports broadcasting or broadcast journalism. And so I'm starting this broadcast portfolio and I watch myself back and I, I don't even recognize myself. And I'm like, I cannot, I cannot do this. I cannot go home every night and watch myself on television. And so now going back to the end of the summer when I'm in much better shape and I'm feeling better about myself and I've learned Pilates and all of this stuff, I'm like, I feel like I could do this for the rest of my life. Like, I really think that this is something that I would love and I would feel fulfilled in. And so, um, so that's kind of where my brain started to go. So I continued with my major though in my degree because I loved it. And I, this literally clicked in my head yesterday. I look back sometimes and I'm like, oh gosh, how could I have ever used that broadcasting degree? Or what could I have done with that outside of Pilates? And now I'm on a podcast. And the fact that I get to use this cool equipment and use my voice is really fun. So God has a really funny sense of humor. Um, and I'm really thankful for that. So we're at the end of the summer after my sophomore year. I go through college and finish college, and I'm still dating the same guy. And um, after at the end of the at the end of college, I decided to go do a sport broadcasting or media internship um, at the University of Kentucky just to see if I wanted to be in collegiate athletics as a career. And I learned that I didn't. I learned that I just did not feel like that's what I was really being called to do. And so, um, but the best part about it was um, my dad is and my stepmom and sweet sister at the time. There's now another sister, but they lived. They were living in Lexington, Kentucky, and I got to spend that year with them, and I would never uh, trade that time for anything in the world. So that was an awesome year, but I definitely decided that sports and athletics was not the place for me and my gifts, and I came back to Starkville 
because I decided to open a Pilates studio here. And at the time, I was choosing between Startville, which was which is a tiny town, or going back to New York in the city and just teaching or working at their at their um, education center, or opening in a bigger market like my mom's hometown, or even bigger than that. And I chose Startville because it was it was a small town, but there was no boutique fitness here. There was no one here serving this community in a way that I really felt like they needed to be served and that they would really buy into. So I chose Starfield and I moved back here and uh, it was an incredible decision. I'm so glad that I did that. I was 21, I think 22 maybe at the time. And I tell everyone, I was young and dumb enough to open a business <laughs> and I had no idea what I was doing. So if you think that you want to open a business, if you have opened a business, if you have opened a business and sold it, I can just tell you that you will never really know what you're doing. Um, or I should say I had, I never knew what I was doing. However, I committed to becoming a student of what I was doing. And I think that that is something that that I did do well, that I, I was committed to continue to learn. I, I To this day, I will never know all there is to know about Pilates. I certainly will never know all there is to know about business, but I took my 20s and I committed to learning more about both of those things every single day. Uh, I mainly made the expensive mistakes. <laughs> so uh, I will, will definitely tell you that. Um, but I just look back on my 20s as such a transformative 10 years, and I'm really thankful for them. But as soon as I started the studio, um, the relationship started to get rocky and we ended up breaking up. And then I realized, oh, crap, now I live in a really small town and I'm single. I'm never going to meet anyone here. And now, really, I mean, what what have I done? And it was about six months later that my sweet clients who... I definitely have them to thank now, but at the time, I don't know how happy I was about it. Um, they set me up with a guy who had just moved back here as well to this town so randomly, and we went on a, a date that I was not that into going on, and uh, then we went on another one, and then we went on another one, and seven months later, we got married, and I can just really, I mean, throughout my my whole story, God was like, you're going to do this, and then you're going to do this, and then I'm going to do this, and then this is going to happen. And um, telling that story out loud, it really even just reminds me of of how truly crazy and only and it's only something God could have orchestrated. So, um, so we got married, and that has been such an awesome journey and such a hard journey, but I am married to a strong Delta man who, if you're not sure with the sure about, if you're not sure, or uh, if you don't know a lot about the Mississippi Delta, it is, um, it's its own thing. It really could have its own like government. Like it is, it is a um, unique, wonderful place. Um, and he is, he's just a strong man, a solid man. Um, he loves the Lord. He loves his family and, um, and we love him very, very much. So, um, that was in 2014. And from there we decided, um, pretty shortly after he would say that I decided this before he did, but, um, we decided that we wanted to have a family and we started trying to, um, to get pregnant and very quickly we, well, and I think, I think, you know, when you, if you don't struggle with infertility or, or if you just, if, 
if you don't know anyone who has and you decide you decide you want to get pregnant, you know, you just you think that's just going to happen. You think you do all the right things and you're going to get pregnant. And um, that was not our story. And so six months into it, we kind of we're kind of like, you know, what's what is what is going on? Why is this hard? <laughs> and then a year goes by and we're like, hmm, this is still still hard. And then we started to try to get some answers. And I went to an amazing doctor who sat down with me and spent time with me and asked questions of me. And by the end of this very long appointment um, of just a really in-depth conversation, he decided to to take action in several ways. He wanted to look at me. He wanted to look at my husband. And at the end of the day, we learned that my husband had zero sperm count. Now, if you know anyone who struggled with fertility, specifically male infertility, you might have heard low sperm count or low motility or low things. Um, but our number was zero, like draw a circle on a page zero. And I'll never forget the parking lot I was standing in when the nurse, Tracy, um, Hey Tracy, if you're listening to this, um, she called me and she said, I need to tell you something. And, uh, I said, it's not good. Is it? And she said, it's not, it's not. And I could hear tears in her, her eyes. And she said, he doesn't have a sperm count. And uh, we don't see this often, but we are going to um, refer you guys to specialists. So we ended up in Birmingham, Alabama at UAB, and a doctor there evaluated him. And um, he seemed fairly hopeful about our situation. And all at the same time, I was having issues too. So I ended up having um, surgery and doing, my doctor did several things to to help fix my issues. And um and at the end of it, we were kind of left just waiting. We were waiting to see if the help that they gave my husband was going to work. We were waiting to see if, if my issues were going to be made better. And um, that waiting period, I have to have to say, was a, a time of very deep growth in our marriage. And we really just leaned on each other and the Lord to provide um, while trying to be good stewards of the time that we had together in the waiting and um, trying not to let bitterness take a foothold and trying not to, you know, let um, anger or, you know, grief for something you haven't had to lose yet affect us or negative, well, just negatively affect our marriage really. And so that was hard. Um, But on Valentine's day of 20, hmm, we'll go with 16, 17. I'm not very good with years or numbers. That's another thing you'll learn about me. But there was a Valentine's Day, okay? And we were with my family in Lake Tahoe. And I was with my dad and I had gone down to the clubhouse. And he was going to go in the steam room. And I was going to go get in the hot tub for a little bit. And we were just going to meet back up and go back up to the house. And I was had been fully prepared uh, on that trip to... Um, you know, have a cycle, and the, and I, but that hadn't happened yet, and that was a little unusual. But I kept waiting, and I kept waiting. And if you, if you know anything about hot tubs and pregnancy, you're not supposed to get in them. So I literally, I looked at the hot tub, and I happened to have a pregnancy test in my like gym bag uh, from many times before. Which, if you know that feeling of having extra pregnancy tests laying around, you 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 come to hate pregnancy tests in the in a in a battle of infertility. So. But I had one and I look at the hot tub and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm just going to take it just to be safe. I don't, I mean, I would feel so bad if, um, if I got in the hot tub and I shouldn't and all of those things. So I go to the bathroom and I take the pregnancy test and they usually tell you to wait three minutes, but there was no need for three minutes. It was instantly positive. And 
I was stunned. I was so shocked. I could not believe it. And I, um, I, I, I just sat there. I sat there and I, th- I think I cried. I, I really can't remember. I was, I was in complete shock. So I didn't get in the hot tub. I hopped in a quick shower. I probably took a cold one because I, <laughs> I was like, you know, I didn't know what to do. And I went outside and I waited forever for my dad. And I remember thinking, how long can he possibly steam or whatever he's doing in there? And so I'm sitting there like on this like little chair waiting for my dad to come out and he comes out and my eyes are just as big as saucers and he he's looks at me and he says what's wrong and I was like I'm pregnant and he was the first person that I told and he said it's a girl and I was like okay it's a girl and so we just cried and hugged and went back to the house and I hadn't told my husband and or my or my the rest of my family yet and so that night was just so much fun with my family and telling them and telling my little sisters and um it was awesome and so um I will just I look back on that on that memory with just so much so much joy and so we got home and I didn't tell even tell my mom we got home and we did a little special thing for her, and um, so actually, we stopped by the grocery store and got a bouquet of tulips. And uh, it was again, it was Valentine's Day, so we took them home from the airport and um, sat down with her on the back porch. And I said, "Mom, we have a Valentine's happy for you." And we gave her the tulips, and um, and the card said, "We bet you can't wait to get your tulips on this baby in my belly." And so she was so excited. So it was awesome uh, until I was about five and a half weeks pregnant, and then I was sick as a dog. And we will cover that in a later episode. But it was a challenging, challenging pregnancy. Um, But it was also an incredible pregnancy. I loved the end of pregnancy. And I was truthfully so blessed with with a healthy one. And so the baby comes, and needless to say, he was not a girl. My dad and I were both wrong. Um, he is a precious, miracle baby boy who we just could not love um, any more than we, than we possibly do. And so um, he has just been the little light of our lives, and we just could not be more thankful for uh, God just bringing him into our life and um, how incredible being parents has been. Um, not without challenges, absolutely, but um, he has been such an answer, an answer to prayer. So um, I can just tell you that um, up until this point, um, my story is just one of um, ups and downs like anyone else's. And, um, but it, I really do think that it's a story of, I hope it's a story of hope. I hope that if you have, um, gone through, you know, difficult friendships and relationships, um, like I did when we, and you know, we all go through those throughout life, um, that I hope that you can have hope that you will find a community like I found here. And like I found in the work that I do outside of this, um, I hope that if you have walked the road of infertility, um, I hope that, and I know that some of this can be um, triggering to those who are still waiting and still in that battle and journey. And I just hope that you know from the bottom of my heart that um, that God's story and plan for you is good and that I, if, even if I don't know you, I can promise you that you are on my heart all of the time. And every day it's something that I think about the women out there who are going through a journey like that. And it is, there are no words for it, but I just can tell you, and I, and I will just be praying hope over you that you will, um, that you will know that God's plans for you are good. Um, and so, you know, I just, I really hope that you see hope throughout, throughout a lot of the things that I've been through. Um, and I've definitely, you know, I've, I have failed so many times. I've failed over 
and over and over again. I've had some successes, um, but they have not come without a lot of expensive mistakes and a lot of things that if I could have gone back and done them differently, I would. Um, but I'm also really thankful for the lessons that I've learned along, along the way in every um, in every aspect of my life, through business, through marriage, um, through parenting so far. And just through friendships and relationships, they're not easy as women, you guys. You know, it, it's it's so easy to look around and, and find flaws in each other. Um, some, a lot of the times that comes out of our own insecurities. So I just I challenge you to look at the relationships that you have um, that aren't great and to um, do what you can and put effort into those where you where you can that can improve those. Um, and then just know, you know, what God's calling you to in, in that and um and just and how to be the best the best friend that you can be the best wife that you can be um and then and let him allow him to give you the tools tools to do that um so who am i i'm just going to tell you a few words to summarize who i am and um it's really been fun to share this with you today I am Lacey Mitchell Arant. I was born in a small Mississippi town to a family of entrepreneurs, dreamers, and a whole bunch of people who don't take no for an answer. I'm married to a strong Delta man who chases hard after security, stability, and all things that he can be sure of. If our, win- if our family is a stack of paper, I am the windstorm, and he is the paperweight. I'm a mom to a miracle of a little boy who was born after a long r- road of infertility. I'm a fountain of endless ideas, exhausting ideas, uh, sometimes expensive ideas, and a brain on overdrive. I'm a, I'm a woman on a mission, a whole lot of missions. But my mission right now is that you will look at your insecurities, at your doubts, and at your thoughts of not measuring up. I hope you look those right in the face and say, honey, hush, because there's no place for those here. And I'm just thrilled more than anything to have an avenue and a place to get to pop in your earbuds or come across your speaker anytime that I can to speak hope into you, to speak life into you, and to speak things into you um, that can add value to your life. So thank you so much for meeting me here today. It has been my joy to share my story with you. And I hope that you will subscribe. I hope that you will screenshot this right now and share it with your friends on Instagram or Instagram stories, wherever you're comfortable doing that. We hope that you'll leave us a review so that we can know how you felt about uh, all of these episodes and getting to know us. Um, and I'd love to connect with you. You can find me on Instagram at Lacey underscore lately. That is L-A-C-Y underscore L-A-T-E-L-Y. And I'd love for you to shoot me a message. Let me know what you thought about this. And I'd love to know what part of my story you can identify with. And I'm really excited to connect with you in the future. So cheers to you. And I hope you have an incredible week. And we will catch you on the next episode of Honey Hush. Mm -hmm.